poverty's not funny. And, and so then we don't try to make light of it. However, the solutions can be bright and hopeful and make us smile. So I think at the heart of it, we throw in all these puns because we do want the practical application of fighting poverty and helping others do that for themselves to be a very positive experience. Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Shalane. We're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. We have the pleasure of being joined today by Mike Prins, an FH colleague and friend who is joining us today. Mike is the Marketing and Communications Manager at FH Canada, and he helps oversee the creative team, among many other things, including bringing much laughter to our staff. Mike is highly creative, he's a ton of fun, and contrary to the rumors that have been flying around, he is not the voice of any cartoon characters yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> hey Mike, welcome here. Thank you. I'm, I'm flattered by such an introduction. So, And maybe this is my limelight to finally get onto some cartoon show. I think this could be it. Yeah. could be your, yeah. your 30 minutes of fame, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, given today's topic, it'll end up being, you know some animal's voice, but uh, hey, that could be great. Isn't that most <laughs> cartoon go. shows? That is most cartoon shows indeed. Mike, I know you know how we start these podcasts because you listen to them every time we create one. Uh, we're going to start on the more serious side of things because we do ask everybody to finish the sentence, poverty is. So let's jump in right there. Yeah, that is such a, I was, I was jogging and I was thinking about that question and then even that fact that I have the space to jog and think about mm. <laughs> what is poverty. Um, but I think the thing that hit me most about that is it's, it's, it's an ugly space where someone can't meet their basic needs for them or their family, but then don't have the space to dream beyond that. And they don't have opportunity mm. beyond that, or they don't have options beyond that. So I was always, I've always been impacted by some of the material come across working in international development, where when those who maybe we in Canada think of as people living in poverty, when you ask them, what does that mean to them? Mm -hmm. uh, it strikes you how it's often about, yeah, they don't have a space to do beyond. They don't have a space mm -hmm. to sit and think and dream. They don't, they don't feel loved. They feel alone. It's all those mm -hmm. social, those social aspects. So mm -hmm. yeah, a really ugly part of poverty is that people mm -hmm. can't, People, those that are struggling in those ways can't think beyond those moments. And even those of us in Canada that are experiencing poverty, we can't dream beyond the day-to-day. -day. We can't dream beyond the situation we're trapped in. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's no hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think you're, you're bang on with that, Mike, for sure. And that is already such a contrary uh, perspective on poverty than the kind of traditional definition of just not enough stuff, not enough things, not enough money. You've, you've touched on that social aspect, the emotional, the like human side of it in a, in a really powerful way. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your role at Food for the Hungry. And I mean, you and I have worked together for a few years and I know that a, a kind of um, unofficial title that you carry at FH is uh, head pun master. Is that is that correct? And how does that fit into your your work? Well, yeah, I, 
It's like the dad joke guy at the office, right? So you, Someone you, who has you, to do it. Who you dodge at the, the kitchenette because it's, you've had enough. <laughs> no, I, yeah, the punning thing is a, is, a, is a very fun seasonal thing for my team, um, but I am flattered to be called head punter. I don't know that I am per se, but we do get into these great runs where when you're preparing marketing material, we start to have a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, presenting it in fun ways that would make people smirk or giggle or laugh. So, and yeah, there's a lot of campaigns that we work in, some really great puns. So it is pretty fun. And particularly the gift guide. That's kind of the peak of pun at mm-hmm. FH. So, yeah. and that really is what we want to focus on today. So why don't you just jump right in and tell us about the gift guide? Sure. Yeah, the FH Gifts for Change gift guide is... Um, a very powerful tool that Food for the Hungry has built up over the years. And we're not the only, of course, organization out there that maintains a catalog as such. Um, but what it is essentially is, is, is a catalog where Canadians can look through all these different kinds of items that they can purchase as gifts for essentially people over Seas or in uh, partnering communities of FH. Usually their families are people that are in, in special need. So, yeah, if you flip through the gift guide, there aren't hordes of items per se, but when you flip through the gift guide, you'll find things like the goat, the dairy cow, a sewing machine, and then there's other like more fun gifts like chubby cheeks and um, even <laughs> where needed most, some of the basics, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and its its application is is multifaceted. It's a very meaningful and practical way for people to give throughout the year, but it's it's big season, of course, is the, the Christmas season when everyone is kind of mm. out shopping and looking for meaningful ways to, to mm. give yet another gift. Uh, but the, the bigger end of it is what it means for a lot of the people and partner and communities that we work with. So essentially it funds... Um, all kinds of programs that follow those items. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the, so how does it actually work side of things, I would love to hear a little bit more of the rationale from your perspective, Mike. I've looked through the gift guide many times. <laughs> I, I love that, you know, it's a it's a great thing. When people look through it, as you've mentioned already, they'll notice that there is a sense of humor to it. My personal favorite is that you can purchase fertilizer, but it's it's called a piece of crap in the gift guide, which I think is amazing. What what would you say is the rationale, though, for bringing that lightheartedness, the puns, the funny comments into a space where we're talking about something as serious as poverty? Um, what's the what's the thinking behind that? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, poverty poverty's not funny. And mm-hmm. and so then we don't try to make light of it. However, the solutions can be bright and hopeful and mm-hmm. and make us smile. So I think at the heart of it, we throw in all these puns because we do want the practical application of fighting poverty and helping others do that for themselves to be a very positive experience. Mm-hmm. So the puns work their way in as as something that we want you to do as you're flipping through. We want you to smile and we want you to smirk and we want that to be a positive, I guess, shopping experience. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, for those of us out there that are, you know, the diehards, 
and for all the altruistic things, uh, no, no, it's a gift and you're giving and it's unconditional and all these things. Yeah, it is. But we want you to enjoy the process too. So, mm-hmm. um, and we want to even help meet some of Canadians' needs for gift giving at big times of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, we worked in some quirkiness and some talking animals and um <laughs> We too, we always hear from a lot of families and like um, Sunday school classes and elementary school classes that mm-hmm. like really love it. So the fact that it has this special heart in, with families and with mm-hmm. kids, we mm. like to, of course, play into that too. And and Food for the Hungry is big on working with children, of course, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's something we talk about all the time. So if a family can provide for its, or if a community can provide for its kids, that's mm-hmm. a huge indicator of health. Mm-hmm. So... It, I think it just has come full circle. We all have this emphasis on children. So then some of the marketing material also caters to kids and um, the way they want to be a part of helping other kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. My uh, personal favorite from the gift guide is the sturdy goat. <laughs> it's not just any no. goat. It's the sturdy goat. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Well, do, have you, do you know a lot of goats? Shalane, you know, because I personally, no, I don't. Say I do either. <laughs> oh, they're always sturdy, or they're rascals, and I don't know that the rascal <laughs> thing was going to be such a great pitch on it. But yeah, I mean, I've had the privilege of traveling to some communities, and and you want a robust animal, you get a goat. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know about goats on the roof, but I don't yes. know a lot about goats. And I must confess, uh-huh. I just like the name. But I am curious. So, how do different items make it into the gift guide? Now, maybe you've already answered why the goat, because it is such a sturdy, hardy animal. But um, yeah, how do things get in there? Where do they come from? How does it all get made up? Mm-hmm. I I always love that question because FH staff overseas and here in Canada are particularly proud of the fact that all the items in our gift guide are legit things that you would likely see in communities that we work in not in every single one but in a lot of them so um, every year there's the big job of kind of going through what's coming up for the communities FH is working with and for those of you that know a little bit more about how FH works walking with a community means helping them realize their potential, look at their challenges, look at their stuck points, but also look at all their opportunities and all the assets they do have and make a plan with them. So mm-hmm. when communities have these goals in mind, we then work with them to say, okay, well, what can you do? What do you have? What would you like to see you know, blossom in your community? So when the cow shows up in the gift guide, that means there are communities out there that want to get into dairy farming or want support mm. with dairy farming. Um, yeah, all the other items are the same way that way, like the sewing machine or the, the piggy bank. Now, you may not see something like a, can- a quintessential Canadian piggy bank sitting on somebody's shelf, but it will <laughs> represent... Um, very much the program and the things going on in those places. Mm-hmm. So the the items in the Food for the Hungry gift guide do change year to year based on the plans of those communities. And then the way that trickles back to our office to say, hey, here's things that we can then get Canadians to help um, fundraise for, put money into, support all the special mm-hmm. programs, the different kinds of items that come out of it. That's one of the things that I love about mm-hmm. FH in general is that the initiative comes that direction from the communities to mm-hmm. the Canadian office, not the other way around. That's right. Yeah. Yes, Eric, it's you, pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now I just have to ask because you got me thinking about this with the sturdy goats. So let's say I am someone in an affluent status and I would like to to purchase 5,000 goats, let's say, through the gift guide. 5, Please 000. do, Eric. Yeah, What's you know that? what? I can help you with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. It's hypothetical. It's hypothetical. Um, let's say I, I buy 5,000 goats through the gift guide. Does that mean that FH will then deliver 5,000 sturdy, hardy goats to one community and it, they will overrun the village, they will eat all the greenery, and they will decimate the local economy. <laughs> wow, yeah. Eric, that's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a herd of goats that size could do some damage, that's for sure. Um, essentially, yes, but no. So if, mm-hmm. if a community has planned on an input or like an injection of massive goat farming and they're ready to go and the farmers are are gearing up for it, mm-hmm. uh, we would say, yeah, we would like to help them make that happen. Mm-hmm. But the flip of that, no, Food for the Hungry will not um, force thousands of goats on any <laughs> community that's not planning Cute. on it. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. So if you buy 5,000 goats, uh, the, the, the whole gift card system is set up in a way that then once the need is met in a community or mm-hmm. their goals are beginning to be met, that funding will then get allocated to other like things, usually within the community or within kind of the same field of work. Mm-hmm. So um, if we get tons of money towards goats and, and farming with goats, that excess money will likely then go to uh, those that are interested in doing chicken farming or into the gardening program or whatever. But we do work towards meeting the need first mm-hmm. and then um, the surplus goes to help support other like programs. I mean, we are doing a massive sales pitch for goats in this podcast right now. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not a fortune teller, but I wouldn't be surprised if you have a massive run on goats. That would be great. (laughs) Isn't that funny? The goat is like the mascot, I think, of so many of these charity gifts, gift guide things, the whole Mm -hmm. give a goat scenario. But it is a good mascot in the sense that it really does embody sort of the practicality of it. So they're a sturdy little animal. They work in a lot of different um, communities. They actually do exist in a lot of um, these villages and communities in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And they're just so darn practical. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll eat all kinds of things, but a family can, can benefit them from the milk that they produce. They Mm -hmm. uh, will have multiple um, kids at a time, so then you can start growing your goat herd. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're easy to maintain, and and the, there's always the little bonus ads you learn about along the way with a goat. I don't know if either of you have owned a goat. No, I, I can't say I have. <laughs> no, no. I, well, I actually haven't either. I grew up on a farm, so okay. the whole animal angle of things is always a little closer to my heart, but a lot of these uh, families, the goat isn't so big that a child can't take care of it. Mm-hmm. So it often, it, while it isn't maybe a pet, it's often an, that extra bit of like, here's something the kids can be responsible for. And it mm-hmm. is the, the son or the daughter's job to care for their little herd of goats. And it becomes a whole family affair to mm-hmm. tend the goat, care for the goat, raise the goat, raise goats, start new goats. And then the other piece that I, I, I just have to mention about the goat and I think the Food for the Hungry's cow program, dairy cow program, mm-hmm. there's a strong program in place where families that learn how to raise a goat and maybe will get a goat or whatever, there's sort of a, um, a pay it forward 
program mm-hmm. in place where families that sign up to do these things are strongly encouraged to then the first offspring should go to another family that's mm-hmm. also enrolled in the program or learning mm-hmm. how to raise a goat or a cow or whatever other livestock their community hopes to do. So it becomes this beautiful sort of community effort where then now those that have received an animal and have learned all these things start to coach their neighbors and will pass on an offspring to a neighbor or they'll be learning together. Uh, and maybe one family starts with the, the initial cow and then the calves are going to the other families that are learning and maybe a little co-op. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool to see those those mm-hmm. moments where the families will pass it on to other families and slowly the the success begins to spread. So Mike, can you tell us a little bit about what the real life impact of the gift guide is and any firsthand experience that you have of maybe being in one of these communities when someone is receiving something that was bought through the gift guide? I have had the privilege of being at a few calf passing ceremonies they do they do mm-hmm. make a bit of a moment out of it which is really awesome mm-hmm. so uh, a few years ago i had the privilege of going to uganda to visit um communities in the east side of the country where yeah the dairy cow programs was very strong mm-hmm. the area is very conducive to cattle so it worked really well for these communities and a lot of these families were really excited to to get going on a dairy cow program a dairy cow is a big deal for a family there Mm because like we were saying it means all these extra benefits of milk and manure and Mm -hmm. um, calves and you can start the whole business and and they were often running them in co-ops so you would get four or five farmers signing up together learning together what it would look like to to raise a cow um, you know, building the shelter, what kind of fodder you need, supporting of it. And then comes the big moment when the initial family of maybe the five or six families gets that one cow. Um, and so they raise this cow and then it gets pregnant. And once the baby comes and is healthy, there's this lovely moment where they all gather together and the two families are there and usually an FH staff. Um, mm-hmm. And in true East African style, there's always some good singing or chanting and big smiles. Um, and then there's the ceremonious handing over of the leash of the little calf. And yeah, and they take that calf home. So it is pretty cool wow. to just see like, I don't know, the smiles are bigger and real mm-hmm. in those kinds of moments, right? Because so much has gone into that, you know, between the different families involved. And then I think when you watch other families have so much success from having a cow and then you finally get that calf and you know that that calf's going to be such a game changer mm. for likely mm-hmm. the next few years of your life, if not the rest of your life. That's a pretty, that's a pretty key moment. And the thing too that hits me too is, is and they don't, when, what I've heard with families, especially in Uganda, you don't hear about some of those practical things as much as we like to emphasize them, right? They don't celebrate the fact that, oh, I'm going to now have milk and I'm going to now have manure for my garden and things like that. It's kind of like what we were saying earlier with, with what, what's with the mindset change in terms of facing mm-hmm. your poverty and, and, and fighting it off and becoming self-sustainable. You hear these families comment on the hope it brings them. And like mm. the excitement it brings them. And this is going to change my life. And they don't talk about like, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to having milk in my cereal in the morning. Mm. They look forward to saying, I'm 
I'm going to be able to send my kids to school and I'm going to be able to pay for the school fees. And I look forward to my children going to school healthy and strong. And they know the big, big impacts and they get pretty excited about it. It's that dreaming again. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. right. Mm. Awesome. So when I first started working for Food to the Hungry, I this was a number of years back, I had the privilege of going to Busakara, Rwanda. And within the mm. first few days, we were taken to the home of, of one family, and I met their son, Tuyambazi. I think I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. But that was the first time I met a farming family in a partner community that had received a pig through mm. some of the support that the gift guide provides. So this this young boy, and I mean, it's been a few years now, he's probably a young man now. He mm. was so proud to pull me to the back of their house and show me the oh. pen in the back with the pigs, who, mm. of course, you know, making lots of squealing noises and stuff, but that didn't phase him at all because he wanted to show me those pigs and he wanted to get his picture mm. taken with his pigs. And... Um, and then, of course, through translation, I got to learn all about all the other benefits that were affecting his mm-hmm. family. So Tiambazi had not been able to go to school prior to FH's involvement. And they struggled in their mud hut on their small piece of land to just kind of make ends meet. And from that, of course, they also pulled me further um, into their garden where they had started a banana grove. So mm-hmm. thanks to the pig and the manure coming from the pig and then all the piglets, um, they now had a banana grove going, and the sale of the piglets had led to Tuyambazi being able to get, um, or being admitted into school, and he was the oldest of several siblings, so now his younger siblings were also being uh, better supported by their growing farm. And um, the, the picture that's, that is, holds fast in my mind from that interaction was the grandma and Tuyambazi and his two parents, and they all sort of clustered around each other to get a family photo. And and mm. just like we would do here in Canada, they all clustered up with huge smiles and smirks, mm. um, you know, with their with their little home and their pig pen in the background. And I thought, that's pretty awesome. Mm. You know, the pride and the hope that this one pink little animal pig. provided for them. Yeah. And mm. and what's cool too is when I think back on Tuyambazi, I, I, I can't say I know exactly what's happened since then. But mm-hmm. I don't really worry, and I don't think mm. I don't think his parents worry the same way they used to either. And I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he went on with his education and with his his knowledge of farming to likely start doing the same thing in his own community. So, mm. yeah, yeah, Amazing. what a beautiful illustration of that, and so on and so on and so on. The impact just grows mm-hmm. and affects in so many different ways. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And also, if, if our listeners have questions, please feel free to reach out at podcast at fhcanada.org. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this conversation and um, more than happy to answer any questions that have come up for you. I wanted to ask you, Mike, like, how do you see the impact on the Canadian side of things? You know, it's so important that we talk about here's how the gift guide has a real tangible impact on these communities that FH partners with. And you touched on this a little bit with the family and the children's piece, but are there other ways that you see Canadians getting impacted? And you'd obviously have families and communities in Canada who are supporting the gift guide every year. Like, what do you hear from people? What impact does the gift guide have on Canadians like you and me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a, 
uh, quite a privilege to go to Uganda with a team of dairy farmers. And I think that's the best part is, is you work with people who get it just that much more. So mm-hmm. these are all farmers who really had supported that program or the dairy farming mm-hmm. in Uganda in a special way and then took it upon themselves to go and visit and see uh, what it was all about. But even better yet, to sit with some of these farmers and have mm-hmm. a conversation and exchange notes on what it what it looks like in the two different settings mm-hmm. to raise cattle and apply, you know, ask questions of some of these these Canadian dairy farmers who've been doing it in their families for generations, but also for the Canadians to sit there and ask, you know, what does it look like here? You know, they, their situations are so different in mm. terms of having to raise um, an entire animal. So it's cool to see them, bri- the, the cultures be bridged over mm-hmm. a cow or mm-hmm. over some sheep or some chickens mm-hmm. because there's common ground where you can just be friends over that. So, mm-hmm. well, I know most people can't travel to go visit with some of these families and, and really engage in that way. We do get a lot of wonderful feedback from, especially families that it's just such a, a meaningful way to know you can really do something real and something mm-hmm. practical and, and you can envision what then will happen with when I support chickens or um, school supplies, you can actually envision that that follows through and you will have kids in school, you will have kids and families raising raising chickens. Um, I think some of the other highlight stories is just some of the fun that Canadians have with it. <laughs> so I like there's a lot of school classes that will get involved in this way. So they, they want, especially teachers or parents, they want to... That's awesome. um, yeah, teach their kids what it looks like to give and what it looks like to be a, a, a part of thinking about people other than ourselves who maybe have a special need or, or stronger needs than we do. So the gift guide is very uh, accessible in that way. And mm-hmm. it makes sense to kids and to families when there's these practical elements involved. But then it's just that much more meaningful. So mm-hmm. we do hear from a lot of, of kids who had a lot of fun fundraising for collecting bottles, doing a little uh, bake sale or something at school um, to then flip through the gift guide and kind of have that goal in mind. Like we wanted to buy, you know, 10 pairs of chickens <laughs> or five pigs. That was our big goal. Um, yeah. So awesome. And then you, yeah, you get to see the pictures and hear the stories. And, and then we get the privilege, of course, of sharing stories back. Mm-hmm. So um we quite regularly hear back from families in partner communities that have started pig farms and have started gardens and are now saving their money or, or started little businesses. And then we can share those stories and photos back to those families in those school classes and those Sunday school classes to say, Hey, something's happening. Mm. Yeah. This is an impact that you're a part of. That's yeah. so cool. And then you bridge those, those relationships. You end up bridging those, yeah. those two mm-hmm. communities saying like, Hey, check it out. Like, these yeah. these people are excited about what you got to support and they're not so far away and they're not so different and we're all mm. smiling and giggling mm-hmm. while we you know try to hold the chicken like it's maybe not a great my brain just sort of stumbled there but <laughs> that's the picture you see you'll get back a photo of like a kid or a person holding their chicken right. and we do that here too so yeah Yeah, that's great. Um, You know, what comes to mind, Mike, is my nephew actually used the gift guide to purchase a Christmas present for his teacher. 
So you want to talk a little bit about how that works, how you can purchase something on someone else's behalf? Yes, thank you. That's another beautiful angle. Um, and it's actually a huge part of, of Canadians' experience with the gift guide is we have a mechanism built in place where you can buy on behalf of other people. And that is probably why it's so popular around the Christmas season is a lot of Canadians will buy a goat, buy a cow, buy a piggy bank for someone in a partner community. But essentially, you can do that on behalf of anyone here in Canada in lieu of then maybe giving them an actual physical present Mm -hmm. yet again. Um, So at Food for the Hungry, when you do that, we provide a card or an opportunity to print a card from your home or to send an e-card to that nature that signifies and acknowledges like, hey, I bought this awesome gift in your name, but for those Mm. that maybe needed a little bit more. So no, I cannot, alas, buy you, Shalane and Eric, your own goats and have them sent to your house here in Canada. <laughs> but I think we both agree that you would rather that go to go to someone over in a partner actually, community that maybe needs it. You know, knowing you, Mike, I'm actually kind of relieved that that can't happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it could. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's the water well and clean water. There is uh, medicine. There mm. is food aid. There is school supplies. There is furnish a classroom. There's mm-hmm. children's breakfast club. Yeah, all mm-hmm. these different kinds of awesome ways that communities are hoping to improve and better their futures represented mm-hmm. in these different kinds of items. Yeah, like Eric, you mentioned a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and as cheeky <laughs> as that gift is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's probably the one I buy the most yeah. for people in my family. And yeah, my family has a great sense of humor and they, they get it. Uh, but the name is there because it, it's... It has a few angles to it in the sense that it does support composting and, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of green ways of farming are a big part of Food for the Hungry uh, programming and coaching and training. So it's something actually, one of the few gifts that exists on all, in all partner communities is mm. um, uh, organic fertilizers, composting, gardening. So that kind of item will support all of those programs. We don't actually bring in crap into the communities per se, but it is embodied that way. Again, Uh, Representative, yeah, phew. But on the same note, like, I kind of get a kick out of giving that gift card or that greeting card to my brother-in-law and my sisters (laughs) because they just don't need more crap. At certain well, times it's of like the that, year. that old jewelry campaign. What do you get for the person who has everything? It's like the yeah. answer is a piece of crap. <laughs> Thank you. That is exactly it. Because they don't need more crap, so I may as well. I may as well literally give you a piece of crap. There you go. And here you go. Yeah. That's and it makes them smile. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It makes you smile because someone gave you a greeting card. That says piece of crap in it. (laughs) And I apologize to those that don't love some of the words used there. Uh, But then it makes them smile also realizing like, oh, this actually helps somebody Mm -hmm. that really could make the most of a luscious garden. So Mike, I know we've talked so much about the gift guide. Where can people actually find it? Yeah, so the, our, the Food for the Hungry Gifts for Change gift guide does actually show up in a magazine form that usually 
every season comes out in October, November. Uh, so you can flip through the pages and enjoy those puns to your leisure um, and then mm-hmm. act on, on uh, the items you see there. Uh, it also is online. So we have a wonderful interactive um, website then that you can shop at at fhcanada.org slash gifts. Uh, where yeah, people can browse the different practical items that are right. being mm-hmm. looked forward to in communities this coming season, and that usually yeah, that those items will get refreshed uh, around every October when communities kind of refresh their plan and look forward to their year mm-hmm. ahead. Mike, we usually ask people what books or resources they would recommend. I'm just going to assume that you're going to recommend the gift guide. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would say the online gift guide is a great place to look at uh, pictures and things like that. On top of that, Food for the Hungry maintains a, a blog. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on that blog is where we regularly showcase uh, stories of real people interacting with a lot of those items and programs and coaching and opportunities that they're getting um, through support of Canadians. So mm. that can also be found at the Food for Hungry website at fhcanada.org. Very awesome. cool. And Eric and I have one more piece of information that we actually really need an answer Uh-oh. for before we wrap up, Mike. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> but I know you want to know, Eric. <laughs> Hit me. So, Mike, what animal do you really want to be the voice of? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I do think I would make a decent pig, but (laughs) mostly because my family, even though I grew up on a dairy farm, so the cow is a little bit close to my heart, we always just joked about pigs because it was one animal I did not grow up with on the farm was a pig. So it's, yeah. It's like right. it's like the unicorn of my family that we <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty much <laughs> that's a magical way to end this, uh-huh. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that yeah. so magical? So awesome. well thank you so thank much you. for being here, Mike. This has uh, been a great conversation and yeah, like you said, we we totally encourage people to check out the FH Canada website, check out the online gift guide. Please reach out. If you have questions or anything at all, Shalane, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? I don't think so. I know that we've been looking forward to this conversation, Mike, mm-hmm. and you do not disappoint. Oh, I'm <laughs> flattered. Yes. Yeah. We're not just fluff, but we do enjoy. That's right. All of it. Exactly. We sure do. Well, thanks again for being here, Mike, and uh, look forward to seeing how those communities are impacted by the generosity of Canadians and their interaction with us through the gift guide. Indeed, thank you guys so much. To explore what your next steps could be or find out more about Food for the Hungry's gift guide, start by checking out fhcanada.org.